So guys, yesterday, my bad, I was talking, nobody could hear me. How weird. Oh my gosh. Right? I was talking, I thought you could hear me. <laughs> Someone was like, no sound. <laughs> okay. So yesterday was movie night and um, uh, Alyssa, someone who, uh, you know, is part of our family, right? And our community, um, you know, was like, yo, I got tickets for this. A couple of us are going, we should go. You should get out of the house. So I prepared to be in that ready position, like not to eat, you know, cause I'm still sick. Um, so that way I can go. And it was great. I um, wanted to share it with you. So the whole one hour and 17 minutes of the whole show was uh, streamed for you live. Uh, we took a few turns um, toward the end so that I can go smoke <laughs> and um, use the ladies room. But it was, uh, a really incredible concert um, that they put. It's a great show they put on. Uh, Caitlin has an amazing voice. Struggle has an amazing story. And therefore, his music comes from a certain place and his frequency is just insane. Um, I can tell you that the people around there, I did not expect them to be Struggle fans. Okay. But um, it's, um, it's, it's pretty awesome. So it was, uh, it was great. It was fun. Um, I, it, for me, it was tiring because, you know, I'm still sick. But it was better. Uh, no, it wasn't better. Movie night would have been just the same. But it was good getting out of the house because um, I'm so, you know, so I've just been so sick. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, it's on. Which channel is it on? It's on this Tori Says Show channel. I streamed it live for you guys to watch. Uh, I got to meet them. So that was cool. Um, great people. Uh, very kind. Uh, it's just like I was, I was, I actually enjoyed it. Um, even though the environment of some of the people there was just not it. So having said that, there is a lot going on. We really have to have a conversation about a couple things. Now, legally, I can talk about stuff, but today is not the day. It doesn't warrant it. And there's something else I want to talk about, about Hunter. Because hmm. darkness to light. I mean, what does that mean? This is where the hunters are being hunted. This is how they hunt. Okay? And... Posted a few things on Telegram for you guys to sink your teeth in just to see uh, where this is all going and where it's coming. A lot of you have been seeing lately that we are the news, right? 
everything you've been doing is the news. Everything we've been talking about over a year, two years is now coming to fruition. So it's pretty awesome. I have to say my hat's off to Texas. Texas got us, um, we did, Texas was very, very adamant, but got us to have a conversation with certain people that are very important about their state and about the United States. So hats off for citizens that fight for their nation. This is what is most important. Well, there's many nerds out there like me working on other things in the background. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like if you have a movie, you can have the lights director, the the person that does the costumes, you can do everything, but you guys are the the main show. You're the people. You're supposed to be doing stuff, right? Everybody can give you all the support you need. You just got to do stuff because it's your nation, your time, your reality, your actions. So I have to say, I am just so excited that everywhere I go and people are just chatting about things that are going on. Uh, can you believe that all these states are like filing lawsuits, right? Even leftists are impressed. So everything that has happened is because of you. And I hope you guys are realizing that now that you are the ones making the change. And that's fact. <laughs> that is super fact. My God, where do I start? I have so much to tell you and I'm trying to parse it out. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. I mean, can we talk about Rittenhouse? That's a train wreck right there. Can we talk about the OSHA thing? Can we talk about Ron Klain? I mean, I told you so. But anyway, can we talk about what's going on in Florida? Can we talk about, you know, all these things? Like, what do we start with, you guys? I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think where to start. I think I want to start with Rittenhouse. I think it's really important that, you know, we understand how the guy that he shot or shot at, right, actually was did so after he had drawn his weapon to, towards him. So I don't see how, you know, this young man is going to be, you know, thrown in jail for self-defense. If someone points a gun at you and you have a gun, you're going to shoot them so you don't die. But the media, well, here, why don't you take a listen to this Forbes cover? This will probably tell you. Great, one of those silent Forbes things. They're getting lazy. Rittenhouse, shooting survivor, thought he was going to die, was shot after pointing his own gun. So he shot his own, he pointed his own gun, and then Kyle shot at him, but he's a victim. A man who was shot in the arm by Kyle Rittenhouse testified Monday that he believed he was going to die. (music) 
as he confronted the then 17-year-old after he shot and killed two other men during civil unrest in Kenosha. But, but said Rittenhouse shot the medic only after he pointed his own gun at him. Why does this guy look eerily familiar, you guys? For those of you that are watching, tell me why he looks familiar. Tell me why he looks familiar. The medic with the ear extenders, right? The guy that was playing medic, you know, that was his role, right? Had a gun, too. By the way, the medic had a gun, too. Can we, like, talk about that for a second? The medic had a gun, too, right? So he raises his gun to Kyle, and Kyle then shoots him. No raising of gun, no shooting, right? You raise a gun at me, you best believe if I have a gun in my hand, I'm shooting you first. So look at his face. Looks familiar. I want you guys to think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. I'm surprised no one's done this yet. He approached Rittenhouse because he thought the defendant was an active shooter. Really? You're a medic with a gun and you approached him. Okay. The prosecutor, Thomas Bringer, asked Groskritz what was going through his mind when he approached the 17-year-old Rittenhouse. And he said, I thought I was going to die. Bringer asked why he didn't use his own firearm to shoot at Rittenhouse. And he said that he's not the kind of person I am and not why I was out there. But you had a gun, you were working with Antifa, and you were playing the role of medic, but you didn't shoot the kid but, the, but you did. You raised your gun. You just didn't have an opportunity because he shot you first. Let's be straight. During the cross-examination, the victim said that Rittenhouse did not shoot toward him until he had advanced and pointed his own gun at Rittenhouse. Oh, no shit. Usually what you do in self-defense, right, guys? It's usually what you do. So again, how is he in jail? So Rittenhouse shot him in the arm on August 25th, 2020. Moments after he shot and killed two other men, Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber. The shooting occurred during protests in Kenosha, Washington. Man, when are they going to find this guy? He said the protesters were in the street after Kenosha police officer shot Jacob Blake seven times in the back on August 23rd, 2020. During questioning from the prosecution, Victim admitted his permit to carry a concealed weapon had expired, and he explained while he was still armed, of course. I believe the Second Amendment, I'm for the people's right to carry and bear arms, and that might that night was no different than any other day. It's keys, phone, wallet, and gun. Okay, so the Antifa guy now is pro-Second Amendment, right, because he got caught with an expired conceal and carry. Now, the victim filed a civil lawsuit against the city of Kenosha, which alleges that the police knew about the plans and intentions of armed individuals who came to Kenosha. And instead of attempting to dissuade them, praise members of the self-appointed armed militia. So he's missing 90% of his biceps, so he's asking for millions of dollars in damages. What about us asking for damages? When they knew all these protesters were going to be storming the Capitol and they'd steal our nation. You know, that's kind of a cool thing right there. If he can sue because he's missing his bicep, we should sue because we're missing an actual government. Huh? Right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Jeez. The things some people come up with. In other news, though, today, did you know that six... President Trump advisors, Carrick, uh, Stapien, Miller, were included in a subpoena by the January 6th committee. Did you guys know that? Yeah. 
They were included. The House Select Committee issued six more subpoenas today. Six more. Top advisors of the president uh, about the investigation into January 6th riot and insurrection at the Capitol. Um, he, uh, they subpoenaed Jason Miller <coughs> and um, the campaign manager, Bill Stapian. The committee said that they subpoenaed the six people, just so you know, in efforts, um, the six individuals for their involvement in the efforts to promote false claims of election fraud to overturn. <laughs> so they subpoenaed them because they were involved in false claims of election fraud to overturn the 2020 election. Sorry, weren't you investigating Jan 6? Why are you calling him? Oh, because they're they're saying that there's election fraud. I see. That's totally J6, right? That's J6, right? Hmm. So interesting. And that's why they subpoenaed them. Like they got them to go down there. Rudy Giuliani, police commissioner, Bernie Carrick, um, uh, who investigated um, allegations of voter fraud. Uh, he was running. Yeah, he, he was doing a lot of stuff down in D.C. John Eastman, uh, who worked on legal strategy to delay or deny the Joe Biden presidency. Uh, he was also subpoenaed like this is this is pretty interesting stuff. You know, it's so weird. <laughs> Carrick and Eastman were both present at the Willard Hotel Command Center that drove efforts to halt. You know who said that? You want to know? Sidney Chafin. So they were at the Willard discussing strategies of, you know, how they were going to take care of all the electoral votes that were coming in um, and the counting of the electoral votes. And the committee also subpoenaed Angela McCollum. She's, um, she was the, ex the executive assistant to the Trump campaign. Um, they're really, really going for a stretch. Like this is really bad, really bad. Michael Flynn um, has also, General Flynn has also been subpoenaed. The select committee, just listen to what Benny Thompson said. The select committee needs to know every detail about their efforts to overturn the election, including who they were talking to, White House and in Congress, what connections they had with rallies that escalated into a riot, and who paid for it all. Boomerang, boomerang, boomerang. This is how boomerangs happen, right? Ask and you shall receive. And maybe you don't want to receive because even if you don't tell the world, there's going to be records of it. Now, the panel, just you know, asked all of them to turn over records by the 23rd of November. And they want depositions in, a, in like the first fortnight of December. So they're going to have them deposed too. So we want records and then we want to depose you too. And you're going to give it to us all. Because we said so. Because we need to make sure Trump can never run for office. Because Biden's a really good president, right? He's such a good president that when asked hard questions, they give good answers. Like, why do we have high gas prices? I don't know. Let's ask. What the Secretary General and what she was saying yesterday, what options besides tapping the Strategic Petroleum Reserve does the president have to counteract higher gas prices? So, 
Um, you know, we've t I've talked about this a couple of times. You know, we we have we don't have an announcement yet on anything uh, on anything to share at this time. Uh, you know, but we're we're monitoring it, right? We're monitoring the the prices, and we're making sure that we have tools in our tool belts that we can uh, we can uh, we can try and, and and use. But at this at this time, I don't have anything new uh, to to share. What else are you reviewing? Because Secretary Granholm has confirmed that is an option that's on the table, and the president has said. There are other tools that he could potentially use. So could you just lay out what those other options are that he's considering? So I don't, again, I don't, I don't have anything specific here. The president spoke to this recently, uh, but he. So now that you heard her, I want you to see her and tell me if this is not another version of Chucky or Peppermint Patty or however you want to call her. Because, you know, Jen Psaki suddenly has COVID, so it's not her, but it's this chick right here. Just look at her hand movements. Look at her face. It's almost as if Saki's in disguise. On what the Secretary of Granholm and what she was saying yesterday, what options besides tapping the Strategic Petroleum Reserve does the president have to counteract higher gas prices? So... Um, you know, we've t I've talked about this a couple of times. You know, we we have we don't have an announcement yet on anything uh, on anything to share at this time. Uh, you know, but we're we're monitoring it, right? We're monitoring the the prices, and we're making sure that we have tools in our tool belts that we can uh, we can uh, we can try and, and and use. But at this at this time, I don't have anything new uh, to to share. What else are you reviewing? Because Secretary Granholm has confirmed that is an option that's on the table, and the president has said. That there are other tools that he could potentially use. So could you just lay out what those other options are that he's considering? So I don't, again, I don't, I don't have anything specific here. The president spoke to this recently, uh, but he's also asked FTC to crack down on illegal pricing, right? That is one thing that he did on gouging in the market and the FTC is responding, but also we're going to continue to monitor the situation and have a number of tools in our arsenal. As I just mentioned, I don't have anything specific. Okay. Yeah. No sound again, man. You know, when I try to go into WeChat, I mess things up all the time. Do you guys remember last year when I told you about how many average deaths a day we have in the U.S.? Do you guys remember how many deaths I had told you we had um, on average a day? I told you this in 2020. Do you guys remember? About, yep, there we go. Seven to eight thousand. It's like seven thousand nine hundred. Well, listen to this shocking statement. The OSHA vaccine uh, case, you mentioned the high number of Americans who died over the course of the year, but cases are falling. Many workplaces have already implemented safety measures that appear to be working. So, how did the administration explain what is the grave danger at this time? Now? We still have thirteen hundred people. A day, a day, approximately 1,300 people a day dying of COVID. That is, that we should not, that should not. And the average was that we would lose, get this, 1,100 to 1,600 would be dying to the flu a day before COVID. Be the number that we're looking at. Um, and we believe that in order to get this pandemic behind us, we get we need to get more people vaccinated. And this is a way uh, to do that. And we see vaccination requirements work. 
Uh, and, and also it's important to keep people safe in their workplace. Uh, that should be, you know, that should be mission critical in making sure that that happens. Uh, and so we're going to, you know, we feel confident about the, the legal component of this. Uh, the Department of Labor have the, has the authority uh, to move forward uh, in making sure that they keep the workplace safe. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, we have to make sure that we get this pandemic behind us. On, uh, on infrastructure, um, the president is going to be out uh, promoting. You've talked about that he's going to be, you know, getting his voice out and talking to the American people directly. I just wanted to ask, though, how how does he balance promoting infrastructure while also kind of, you know, you know, kind of digging in to make sure that the bigger social service climate package is conducted? I mean. How does he tour as well as, you know, work the phones and um, meet with members here in Washington uh, to get the up to get the bigger package done? Well, the president can manage multiple things at once. Um, that's not unusual from for any president or for this president. And when he did travel. He can, he can manage. Stop. One second. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to die. He can manage multiple things at once, but he doesn't know where he's going, can't tie a shoe, shits himself at the Vatican and has an accident, and doesn't remember where he is most of the time. But of course, he can totally multitask. Let's go. When he was traveling, talking about uh, his economic policy, he talked about both. If you listen to his speeches, he laid out uh, the advantages and the importance of the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and he laid out the importance of the bipartisan, I'm sorry, the Build Back Better Act, uh, and laid out why those two key uh, pieces of policies are going to get America back on track, continue that investment that we saw with the American Rescue Plan. So this is something that he has been... Wait, she did say that he did the, the Build Back Better plan, right? Hold on. Let's just fix that for a second. It's 2021 now, right? He, let's, just, let's just fix that for a second. Hold on. Where is it? Hold on a second. Where is it? Hmm. Let's see. We now have the opportunity to build back better than in the past, aiming at inclusive and sustainable economies and societies. In order to meet the challenges of today, we can't just build back the way things were before. We have to build back better. Take a look at America today. Over 150,000 Americans are dead from COVID-19. We have a health crisis, an economic crisis, a racial justice crisis, climate crisis exacerbated by Trump's denial of science. And America needs a plan to solve all of them. Over the last century, America has defined itself by rising to meet existential challenges. On this International Mother Earth Day, all eyes are on the COVID-19 pandemic, the biggest test the world has faced since the Second World War. We must act decisively to protect our planet from both the coronavirus and the existential threat of climate disruption. The current crisis is an unprecedented wake-up call. We need to turn the recovery into a real opportunity to do things right for the future. We'll make the biggest investment in manufacturing and innovation since World War II. Today, federal investment in research and development is at an all-time low. That's why I'm proposing historic research and development investment to sharpen America's competitive edge in new industries. As we spent huge amounts of money to recover from coronavirus, we must deliver new jobs and businesses through a clean, green transition. Second, where taxpayers' money is used to rescue businesses, it needs to be tied to achieving green jobs and sustainable growth. There's no more consequential challenge we have to meet in the next decade than the onrushing climate crisis. 
We'll meet this challenge by creating millions of jobs in a clean energy economy. Jobs that will ensure American automobile industry leads the world in manufacturing electric vehicles. Public funds should be used to invest in the future, not the past, and flow to sustainable sectors and projects that help the environment and the climate. We're going to make investments, so by the end of my first term, we are going to be on an irreversible course to achieve net zero emissions, economy-wide, no later than 2050. Fiscal firepower must drive a shift from the grey to the green economy and make societies and people more resilient. In order to build back better, we have to ensure that all Americans have opportunities to generate wealth, especially communities of colour that have been historically left out of the benefits of an economic recovery. Fifths, climate risks and opportunities must be incorporated into the financial system as well as all aspects of public policy making and infrastructure. That's why I'm going to take on our successful Obama-Biden Small Business Fund and scale it up to 20 times the size so the black and brown small business owners have access to $150 billion in venture capital and low-interest finance. Greenhouse gases, just like viruses, do not respect national boundaries. We need to work together as an international community. Times are tough now in America, but we've been here before. We can do this. We can build back better. And I'm looking forward to getting started as soon as we can. We must do all we can to save lives and ease the economic and social devastation. Crucially, we need to draw the appropriate lessons about the vulnerabilities and inequalities the virus has laid bare and mobilize investments in education, health systems, social protection and resilience. This is the biggest international challenge since the Second World War. Yet, even before this test, the world was facing other profound transnational perils, climate change above all. But multilateralism is not only a matter of confronting shared threats, it's also seizing common opportunities. We now have the opportunity to build back better than in the past, aiming at inclusive and sustainable economies and societies. Over the past few months, momentum has grown for what I call a global green new deal to be so broad and to be so comprehensive because we are we are outlining the green new deal okay here we are this is the 15 million dollar mansion where antonio guterres lives and you see he's got two separate u.n security cars these guys are driving in and they're driving out no masks man check it out u.n car smoker no mask he's going in with big tony see this is not quarantine this is a violation of New York City health regulations. He uh, is uh, currently away for two weeks. He will be back in New York uh, next week where he will be uh, working uh, from the residence in accordance with the, the quarantine procedures. Antonio Guterres left the city amid a pandemic, didn't say where he went. One assumes Lisbon, but who knows? All I know is that oh, we've got some, wait, Big Tony's getting some delivery. He's getting some delivery, joy. Big Tony's got joy. He's delivering joy. This is quarantine. Let's be honest. This is under quarantine. Antonio Guterres is violating New York City quarantine rules as we speak. He's got guys going inside with no fucking masks, bringing him joy. He's got some gloves. Also, we could go on vacation. Antonio Guterres is a, is a thief of public money. He's a criminal. He had the press thrown out for daring to ask a moment of silence right there we needed that that is 
what the truth needs, just a breath. Interesting, right? He's not even pushing policies that are for America. AOC is pushing Chinese policies. Biden is pushing UN slash Chinese slash CCP policies. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You see, this is how you can see the truth. And sometimes you have to look back in order to understand the future. And this is how it is. Just like your mayors, (laughs) they're not pushing your city's interests. They're pushing whatever interests are funding them. So interesting. So interesting. And you know, the captain, well, no, it was actually the county sheriff of Los Angeles said that there's a mass exodus from Los Angeles. People are leaving LA now because of all of these mandatory vaccines. And government Governor DeSantis has already said what he's going to be discussing, what he already discussed, which is OSHA doesn't apply in the state of Florida, which is interesting because the planes are still, you know, he's allowing people that reside in Florida to get vaccines. And therefore, you know, it'll be interesting to see if companies that have Florida employees that are demanding the vaccine, if those employees don't get vaccinated, if they fire them, then that would be discrimination based on geographical location, uh, where you derive from. I think there's a whole title thing about that, right? where you come from and your culture and shit. So it's going to be quite interesting. Listen to this little snippet of Governor DeSantis. A year and a half ago, we started with 15 days to slow the spread. And and now it's gone to get jabbed or lose your job. And today's OSHA rule, a very long time coming. We were were waiting for it uh, that was issued. If you look at it, uh, here it is. It's almost 500 pages. And so we're supposed to be a government of laws, not a government of men. Uh, This is 500 pages of a government of a bureaucracy, a government that is being run by executive edict, not in accordance with the typical constitutional processes. And uh, the state of Florida is going to respond and we will combat uh, the OSHA rule. As soon as it's published, uh, the state of Florida will be joining with Georgia and Alabama. Listen to this now. Good evening and welcome to ABC Action News at 5. I'm Jameis Newell. And I'm Wendy Ryan. Thank you for joining us. Florida is set to reject mask and vaccine mandates next week. And today, Governor Ron DeSantis stopped in Zephyr Hills to finally announce what's in the bills for his upcoming special session. It will now be up to lawmakers to decide whether to approve them. Capitol reporter Forrest Saunders takes a look at the bills for us tonight. We have got to stand up for people and protect their jobs and protect their livelihoods. That's what Florida's governor and legislative leaders say they're doing, offering four big bills next week. They withdraw Florida from OSHA to avoid federal shot rules and strip the state's health officer of authority to force vaccinations. Try to relax this arm. And then there's HB1B, the most extensive. It prohibits local governments from creating shot mandates and requires private businesses to offer mandate exemptions. They include religious, medical, and COVID immunity due to previous illness, plus opt-outs for masking or regular testing. So this will be uh, probably the strongest uh, protections for both private and public sector uh, employees uh, anywhere in the country. 
The attorney general's office would enforce the policy. Employers facing up to $50,000 fine for terminating a worker improperly. HB1B also strengthens parental authority over student masking and quarantining in public schools. Parents could sue districts to stop strict mandates. As many of you know, the governor's office is optimistic policies will arrive on his desk. GOP leaders are on board and a friendly Republican majority remains in control. We feel confident that they agree with us in theory and principle that we want to protect Floridians. That said, Democrats aren't sold. While some told us they want to see the actual language before commenting on Twitter, the Senate minority leader said the bill stripped business owners and local governments of autonomy to choose what's best for themselves. <laughs> Senator Lauren Book summarized the GOP message like this, quote, Floridians deserve freedom, but only if you think like we do. At the Capitol, Forrest Saunders, ABC Action News. <laughs> but only if you think like them. Okay, but only if you think like them. Now, small businesses are also being impacted, and it makes me wonder, how come no small businesses have come out to say something? Guys, I want you guys to realize how important you are, how massive you are. So yesterday, um, I was sent this video that was created by someone in Ohio about everything Ohio has done. And I want to share it with you guys because it's, if this doesn't inspire you to and, and, and show you just how big of a movement you are, I don't know what will. Really, I don't. How are you the minority? You are the majority. This is the nicest compilation I've seen. I told you, uh, Ohio, and this is where it begins. The story always begins, the war always begins on the rubble of destruction. So it's time to fight. Now you want to see why Ohio is going to get bloody? So what do we do? We move our ass. You get ahead of things by doing something. And this is how you bring change. By using the sharpest weapons that we have. And that is our pen, our paper, and the law. We'll make America great again. Thank you, Ohio. Thank you. Thank you, And we will. And you know why we will? Because he went to the 17th state on a date that is, again, the number 17. And a zip code that's the number 17. And it all begins there. I told you months ago that it will begin in Ohio. Ready, set, go. How did they make change? Because they got together. So I think it's time that people started getting together. Little subliminal things. I don't know. Freaking stickers. This is how you tell the world and you let the world see that Trump won. Sticker Brigade.
feels really good, doesn't it? Seeing people just like you out there making their voices heard at school board meetings, at city councils, city, county commission, just voicing what's right. Makes you, it makes you proud, and you should be. In light of efforts of both federal and state governments to urge schools to influence students aged 12 to 16 to submit to an experimental gene therapy that they call a vaccine, this board should emphatically refuse. What I'm asking is to not force our kids to be mass extras in the political theater yep. that is the coronavirus pandemic, what we are, is anti-people telling us what we have to do or we're going to muzzle you and your kids. That's what we want. If forced vaccination, forced mask wearing, or social distancing were on the table, we have a right to decide where and how our children attend school. You have the responsibility to be upfront with us and you are not. You, you have no authority to issue a mask mandate. The only person in this room that actually has that authority is this guy right here. The health department is the only one that can issue health orders. Every single one of you quoting science, I don't care what you're quoting, board of health, whatever, is against the Ohio State Constitution. Article 1, Section 21, Constitution, not laws, says no federal, no state, no local law rule can compel any individual to participate in a health care system. What you are doing, that's Healthcare devices has actually identified. Healthcare system is identified as healthcare services, healthcare devices, healthcare data collection and information. This is a violation of the Constitution. You require testing to reduce exclusion from school. You are compelling children to participate in a system by levying penalties. Children who do not comply with your mandates are excluded from in-person learning. You are a government-established, created, and controlled agency, punishing and discouraging the exercise of rights protected under Article 1, Section 21 of the Constitution of the State of Ohio. To every parent in Northwest Local School District, you have the right to choose. She sneezed in her mask and came home crying from school. You want to know why? She's seven. Because she had to wear that mask all day long with snot in it because she was just like she mentioned too afraid to say something we learned that the mask mandate does not work well for him he has an autoimmune disease and the mask caused an increase in sinus infections and ear infections for him but i bet you didn't know that and i'm not angry at you for not knowing his medical record it is not your job to know his medical record, nor is it your job to make medical decisions or choices for him. That's mine. You are abusing our children. You're taking money. You know it. We'll show it. And my God, let some of these parents find out what you've potentially been up to. We're about to do some Patriot shit, taking in all the affidavits from New Ohio. Thank you, New Ohio, for the four plaintiffs that filed federal lawsuits in Cleveland. Here we go on, we go all. Hey, you stood by while tyrants attacked 
our most basic rights to live and work freely, using fear and tyranny to lock us in our homes and attack our rights to bodily autonomy. It doesn't matter what other victories you have achieved when you have not even stepped to the biggest and most important fights in our history. You have failed this state. You have failed this country. You have failed the people. And we no longer consent to your failed governance. In closing, you stood by while the citizens you swore to protect were deprived of constitutional rights secured through the blood, sweat, and tears of our forefathers and foremothers. Now you can resign or stand by and watch while we remove every one of you from your position and take back our beloved state. Your time is up. That was a great compilation by the state of Ohio. Uh, they put that video together. Uh, they tried to upload it um, onto uh, YouTube, but get, kept getting slammed down for copyright violations, which is so bizarre. And um, it was just so um, amazing to watch. I had to share, and I'm sure that every single state out there has done the same thing, the same type of video, and we're going to create one big one because, again, Every single one of you are writing history as we speak. If you look back to the day, to, to right now, November of 2020, until today, look at how many things you've done. We actually started writing letters in August of 2020. Actually, you were sending postcards to me. And then we sent them to President Trump, if you remember, in November of 2020. And then we continued and continued and continued. And boom, you're the news now. So I'm going to cut out for a quick break. I'll show you the official uh, Struggle Jennings uh, video. Um, and I'll see you guys right after this song. God bless. Getting crazy, baby, chill. Don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, baby, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate, separate and segregate. Don't celebrate quite yet, the storm is coming. Cue for heaven's sake, violence that they demonstrate. Instigate and penetrate the values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force, forcing us to sit and wait until we come together, congregate, and then we liberate. Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate. Marching on these streets of blood till I see the golden gates. Troubadour, troubled souls, one of God's servants. Blades out, cut the grass till we see the serpents. One day. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. This crazy world is being One day they finally see the truth God, we need you I know the truth is hard to swallow, just digest it Suspected something's going on, but chose to just neglect it 
deflected by some breaking news. Oh, we just accepted, expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objective, but I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Read it in the testament, these children are protected. So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Refuse to be directed. Lying, not a sheep, only kneel to my God, so I'm dying on my feet. I'm silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. I've been rolling with the punches, I can't take it on the cheek. I'm drink from a glass half full, I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome my position, or I'm gonna start resisting and then I pray for forgiveness. Oh, one day, I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with and abusers. Need you now before we're too far gone. I hope one day they finally see the truth. God, we need you now. We need you now. Stays on because of you We've been dancing with the devil way too long I know it's fun but get ready to pay your dues Oh God, come back home This crazy world is filled with liars and abusers We need you now Welcome to the Patrick Says Show with Patrick Byrne and Tori Maris. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Patrick. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Unfortunately, I was having some audio difficulties with my controls. I'm a novice at these things. I couldn't hear you if you were. I, you I, could, I, I love this. I love, I'm just kidding, Tori. Good to be on with you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, you're always welcome. Open door all the time. Um, I just played the original video see, months and months ago. I found this song that they did and you know, that had to be number one. So everyone that was listening made it number one. And yesterday I was privileged to actually, uh, I had, uh, someone from the, you know, our family here, our community. And Alyssa was like, Hey, I got tickets. Want to get out of the house? Cause you've been sick. And I went and saw them and met them. They're great people. 
Um, What's the, unfortunately, you only let me listen to about 20 seconds of the song. Oh, gosh, darn it. I loved it. I loved it. Who, who was it? Who was it's, the name of the group? Struggle Jennings and Caitlin Curtis. I mean, that girl has pipes. Uh, yes. I saw her live. So how have you been? Um, uh, tell me what's new in your world. Which is we have so much to talk about. I can give you so much. I've learned. I can give you and your wonderful listeners a lot of back backstage color on things, if you'd like. Starting with, um, you want to start with Maricopa? Yeah, we can start or, with Maricopa. Or wh where else would you like to talk? What would you like to talk about, my friend? Well, okay. So, by the way, I, I know you probably didn't see it, and I'll send it to you. But Ohio actually did this whole video. And I was actually thinking, you know, you need to come down to Ohio and meet with everyone. Um, they I would love that. Video. I can't wait to send it to you. I and see your videos. I see. I go on. I, I go on your Telegram channel all the time. And I see a whole bunch of the videos people yeah, post. I, yeah. I love them. I yeah, no, they do. And um, you tell me, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to talk about the things that I was texting you about today, right? Because mm -hmm. I shouldn't, but um, right. you know, it's 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 quite it's there. Everything's heating up, so I want you to take on that and and you go. So let's start with Maricopa. Let's go. Let's go with Mark. Well, as you know, if I, I know we follow each other closely, I was at the hearing I, uh, some weeks ago, four or five weeks ago. I was quite disappointed how tepid it was, tepid because. You know, what they really discovered is there's 400 to 500,000 fraudulent votes. And if you count them all, Biden wins by 10,000. So, but all the press will convey, of course, is Biden wins by 10,000. Well, uh, and I thought that the hearing was quite tepid. I was worried, is this all going to be covered up? And I know that Doug Logan was instructed and all the subcontractors were instructed you can't use the word fraud. You're not allowed to use the word fraud. So I think you and I, or at least I, was all worried about, well, was this going to be a whitewash or something? It, it, remember that? Yes. Yes. I was worried about it, too. Yeah, we, we had it totally wrong. We had it totally wrong. Mm -hmm. I had it totally wrong. No, they're totally good on this. They are. They. I've had some communications and been out west and seen some people. And, and uh, what they, they made the prudent decision that the computer technologists should not use words like fraud, that that's a word that's a guy with a gun and a badge should be using. And they decided to keep, they know what they have. And the people, the politicians involved in the Senate are serious as a heart attack. They understand that Arizona's at stake, the nation's at stake, the future of the country's at stake. They understand what they have and they're not letting this die. And the people of Arizona isn't letting this die. And Brenovich, this attorney general, he turns out to be, he's a prosecutor's prosecutor, I hear. He's like a real, and he understands, he's a first generation, you know, he's one of these guys with more consonants than vowels in his name because his, his first generation, his parents are from uh, Eastern Europe. So he knows communism and he knows what, and my understanding is he understands. He, he actually was, they uh, hear demanding, like trying to get involved earlier but the Senate was keeping him out saying, no, the moment you get involved, all these handcuffs, I mean, all these, all these guardrails come around the process. Let us dig as far as we can. And then we're going to turn everything over to you. So they, so 
all these things that I had been taking as signs of possibly a whitewash, like the, the AG, people were saying, Jake, the AG really was, inter was interested in doing something. He'd have gotten involved long ago. That all turns out to be false. There were very good explanations for everything. And I am, in fact, convinced that you will see people in, hand in handcuffs by the end of the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, cuffing is the season right now. And you know what? I, I gain faith in AG Mark Bromovich. You know when? When everyone was making fun of him. All my listeners know when he did that video with the nunchucks, I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is a guy for the people. He said he's coming out fighting. I mean, you know, they were, they were hating on him for that or mocking him. I freaking loved it. Cuffing is the season. I heard that somewhere today. I'm trying to remember where I read that. Cuffing is the season. That's funny. Yep. Cuffing is the season. I mean, it's, it's going to be quite intense. So uh, Maricopa, I'm excited. I mean, when I saw him with the nunchucks, I showed the nunchuck video and I was like, yo, I like this. This is our dude because who, what kind of AG will come out, do nunchucks, to be like, I'm here and I'm fighting for you. So And, right, and get that, right, good point. And we're hearing, uh, we're hearing, hang on a second, fellas, I'm on an interview. <laughs> we're having, uh, and uh, I'm hearing from other people that in Arizona, other ways, I'm, uh, well, not only did the investigation go from civil to criminal, uh, it has, uh, it's moving beyond Maricopa. It's moving beyond, because I'm hearing from people who are getting calls uh, about other counties in Arizona. He understands that this is not about picking up a few schmucks who, you know, sign some affidavit, uh, sign some ballots in dead people's names. This is about a RICO case in Arizona. And quite likely one that leads to RICO nationally. You know, Patrick, when this whole thing came out, I'm sure that now in the chat, people say what song I said was going to be played with this. And it was, do you, do you remember back in the eighties? Oh man, I'm going to find it. I might get ding though. So I'll only play a little bit. We have to see the cringe video. Okay. We have to just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this one, you're gonna like this. You're gonna freaking like this, okay? Give me a second, and it's only gonna be for a second because they're gonna ding my video if it's more than like a couple seconds. Everybody knows the song. See, they're already singing it. <laughs> they're already singing it on chat. It's the most incredible. Oh my gosh, uh, it's the most incredible song. Do you remember the song "Rico Suave"? I do remember Rico Suave. Yeah. <laughs> That's the song that I would play, and my and my thing just rose up, so it's not going to play for me. See, this is <laughs> everyone singing it, Rico Suave. We would play that because this is exactly what was happening. And this is what was happening in 2020 when they were organizing to get all of this done, which is even more insane. Um, so it's stuck on me. So we're just going to continue talking since it doesn't want to play. Um, but everyone's singing it in the chat, Rico Suave. Um, that's exactly what should come out. I'm hearing, okay, that there's other states too now. Yeah. And that so are jumping in. And mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. tell me I, what you know. Tell me what you can share. Tell us all. Uh, what you can share. I know Wisconsin uh, is one. Well, you know what happened this afternoon, right? No. The Racine Sheriff recommended criminal charges against the five members of the Wisconsin Election Board for having sent that letter that instructed people who work in nursing homes to ignore the law and instead do this other thing. Do you know the facts on that story yet? I'd, I'd love to share. Well, okay. So if you remember in my, I was working with the guy that, you know, 
did the whole server thing in Colorado, remember? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, him. So back in the beginning of November, I had, you know, communicated to him, hey, I found like 23,000 or 22, 23,000 people coming from the same no phone number. And that looks like it's a damn prison. Like what kind of prison has male and female with 23,000 ballots being requested? And, and you then, found yeah. Found and then that person comes back to me and says, yo, this and took a snapshot. Right. And I was like, yeah. And so I put that in my affidavit. Oh, wow. For the Wisconsin case, because it was like preliminary because, you know, we were still all getting data at that time. Remember? So there wasn't a lot. And me and that person were meeting, but not as frequently. I'm hoping that in the next couple of weeks, we can both come through me and my team, the rest of the stuff. Right. All of us. Because that was like when I ran just the first check, you know, which is the simple stuff. That was pretty insane because I was like, you know, I was saying it on air too. Like, what kind oh. of prison has twenty two? Like, what prison are there? I don't even think Rikers Island has that many people. You know, oh, are you the one who was telling me also? Somebody was telling me just a week or two ago about going through some files and finding this pattern of what they do with they create a duplicate voter ID for someone. Was that you telling me about finding that? That, that was another no, no, no. But I can tell you that I had Arizona people um, in the Arizona Tory says group, and we were going through all the data and we were cross checking it. I think it was, um, it was um, the Indian reservation and we were cross checking it. Mm -hmm. Those that were um, already dead with, um, you know, mm -hmm. The announcement, what do they call the obituaries? And we had struck down like 3,000 people off of that. You're going to find that there's a lot. I'm, I'm sorry to say that you're going to find there's a couple Native American groups who were involved in all this. Well, of course they were because in Arizona, there's a couple that are really hard, pretty hardcore. And I think you're going to, that they're involved. No, I believe it. I, I believe it because I've, I've seen it, you know, I've actually seen that occur because they've gotten a lot of money from the UN. So it would be obvious that they would at some point, right? They get money from the UN. Oh my gosh. I was reporting on this years ago because the chiefs of many of these tribal lands have created some kind of treaty with the UN to allow them to be on their reservations to train or if needed. Um, and that gives them some kind of mobile uh, sovereignty. And this is why that whole Dakota access pipeline thing was blowing up. And I don't think a lot of the people that are American Indian actually know this has been going on for a while. And they've been getting a lot of funds from it. Um, and I only uncovered that when I was looking at the um, at the trafficking cycles that they had going from reservations down to Vegas and Mexico during a, an investigation that I was doing. So that's when I saw that. It was on accident completely that I saw the agreements that they had. So uh, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me well Okay, I would say, uh, well, let me tell you that, have you told your, your listeners the story of uh, what the Racine Sheriff did and how it came about? It's pretty funny. Oh, no, I don't know. No, I haven't told them the story. I showed the video of the sheriff himself. Please tell them. There's a, uh, uh, there's a woman in Racine whose mom was in a her nursing home last fall. And the woman's kind of into this election integrity movement. And so she decided to look up in public records whether her mom voted or not and found that her mom had voted. 
which she realized was or decided was curious for two reasons. One, her mom, it was completely dementia and doesn't didn't remember anyone past Kennedy. And secondly, she passed away around October 6th. So what was she doing voting on November 3rd? So the woman dug into it. And with the nursing home, wrote the nursing home and got response and wrote again and got more response and such. And the picture she discovered is this. Whereas the Constitution says the state legislatures decide the manner and timing of elections and, and, uh, and the state and the state of Wisconsin legislature had decide, stipulated how the law works is come election day, the, the county election office sends a, uh, a Democrat and a Republican together as a team. They go to a nursing home and they go to, around each person and talk to them and see if they're, if it, see if they can divine their intent as to who should be voted for. And that's how it's done. And every year, well, I've looked at the last three elections with 65 or the last previous two elections were 65,000 votes a year came out of this method. And it's called the, wow. it's called the, um, it's got indefinite, uh, indefinitely confined is the designation indefinitely confined this year. 265,000 votes came out of this method. That extra 200,000 votes is because the Wisconsin Election Commission on their own sent a letter instructing everybody in nursing homes to ignore that law. And instead, this time, you guys just take the ballots around yourself and you're going to you're going to find out what people wanted and to vote. And what do you know? You get two, you get an extra 200,000 votes. Uh, so and that's against the not everywhere though, because I, I was looking at the Michigan stuff and I had, and I had said the same thing when I had part of that Michigan data, cause it was so big, the file from the secretary of state, right. It was really hard to parse. I, 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 I think you were there when I was discussing with the people that we, you know, that we know. And I was like, you know, I'm having a problem parsing the file and we had to like separate it into different Excel sheets mm -hmm. so we can parse through. And I noticed that most of them were coming from nursing homes. And these are people that have already died. Nobody cared about or didn't have the capacity to even know what they're voting for. Yeah. Yeah. This this woman's daughter says that she hasn't for years. Couldn't have named a president past Kennedy. And yet. And so. Uh, that's huge. That's 200,000 votes. And the sheriff of Racine says the, uh, the, the prosecutions and stuff, most of them are corrupt. Uh, but he's, he's now recommending publicly criminal, uh, criminal charges be filed against five out of, I think six, there were, there was evidently one guy who was with them and then he broke apart and realized what they were doing and started voting against it. There was one honest person. Don't know what party, uh, but there was one honest person, and he's saying that person's the only one he's not recommending criminal charges against. It's so clear this was a scheme. They don't have any authority to do that. You know, the, our founding fathers considered all this, and they were really careful. It's not to be decided by the feds, because they can be corrupted, and it's not to be decided by election officials, because they can be corrupted. The, pu the purest thing closest to the people is state legislatures. So that's where they located it. And you don't get bureaucrats, don't get to just decide to change that because COVID. Well, they did. They changed laws and everything. And I remember that when Ken Paxson, he filed that suit against the states for changing the laws. It was a really good suit. But unfortunately, they didn't want, you know, apparently we can't meddle in other people's state elections. 
But um, so I'm hearing that states that were never even considered to be checked are going to be checked. I mean, I think I shared with you what I did in Georgia, right? I know that something big is coming in Georgia. Yeah. What can you say? Well, I can tell you what I did. So, um, so let me explain to you what happened here. Cause I don't think I've even explained it to my listener base. So I filed a federal lawsuit, um, in the middle district of Tennessee against dominion. And that's because they were using my affidavit to showcase, you know, both, you know, that Susan Powell and everybody else were BSing. And it's like, well, hold on a second. You can't throw me under the bus cause you haven't addressed what I wrote in there and you can't just call me a liar cause you said so, right? Prove it. So they've defamed me and caused me great harm. So I filed a lawsuit against them. Now I filed it in August and they were notified the day I filed. But for some reason, something weird was happening and they filed an appearance the last day they had to file a response. Now at that point, I was, uh, you know, I wanted to file an amendment, but it looked like it was like people were dragging their feet on purpose. And I was like, I think it's in an inappropriate venue. And I kind of told my lawyer, I want, let's withdraw. And I want to put it in state court because I want to add a bunch of other people to it too. And so that way I can get some, you know, bottom, you know, get to the bottom of it. But the thing that the state court did was it gave me subpoena immediately. And so the first subpoena that I served was to a federal judge in Georgia. Oh, oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Halderman McGuffin. Yes. Yes. And it's important that people understand. Uh, look, Patrick, to be straight with you, if she refuses to comply with the subpoena, I'm going to tell, I'm going to ask the judge to view his report in camera with my affidavit and validate portions of my affidavit that are discussed in his report. And then that way, at least that portion's done, you know, with the cots and the vulnerabilities there, right? right. So that's the one thing that I want to at least get. Now, um, considering if she refuses and the judge does it in camera, if he doesn't even do it in camera, I'm going to intervene in that case. Because the thing is, this has been a, an ongoing case. And who is this judge sitting on information that's so vital? Her, to- who it is, is, is uh, her name is Totenberg, Judge Totenberg. Is her name Amy or Nina? I think it's Amy Tottenberg. Amy, okay, because her one of them this is like the Nina Totenberg is on NPR, uh, but and Amy Totenberg is the federal judge. They were sisters, uh, and she is the one who has decided. And this is what's scary. So this Professor Halderman, who's a Democrat and a lefty, but he's an honest intellectual, he wrote this report for her. And if it's anything like his testimony, which is, uh, which you can see on in Rumble, he, uh, he, he explains there's huge security vulnerabilities in these machines. And so, uh, and she has been keeping this from getting public, the judge in the case, because she's afraid it would be fodder for this current, you know, the moment we're in. Well, I don't know why it shouldn't be. She, in fact, wrote a decision on around October 11th of last year saying, you know, so before the election, she read this guy's report and says, like, basically, it's so scary. I would have all the machines taken out for this election if we had time, but we don't have time. Well, then her, you know, depends on whose ox gets gored. Her, she's so political, it seems. Well, but the thing is, if she had that out before the elections, we would not be in this mess today. 
Correct. So, so she's operating outside of the scope of Article 3. Judges are not supposed to take political sides. It's just like Justice uh, Clarence Thomas said. The most dangerous thing it's, in our nation right now is the judicial branch. He said it. And the, the most what thing is the judicial branch? The he most, said the most dangerous uh, thing happening within the United States uh, that he predicts is... Um, uh, the judicial branch. You know, actually, uh, he. Let me see if I totally can pull corrupt. it up. Yeah, totally corrupt that they're letting this go on. Well, anyway, they. But let me finish about uh, about Berg. Judge Totenberg said go go. Uh, she the finally Halderman uh, just a few weeks ago moved said look we're coming up on an election on November second. There's 13 states I think he said that or that or 28 that have vulnerabilities because of these machines. I want, I'm asking you, if you won't let me send the report to them, I'm not asking for that, something so dramatic, which of course isn't that dramatic, it's only a good citizen, but he says, I won't send the report, but can I send it to DHS, CISA, so then they can warn the states about what the vulnerabilities are, and she said no. So she's preventing him from warning these other states about vulnerabilities in the machines after she chose him and had him write this report she understands he's the expert so she won't let him warn other people and she has said if only if dhs will send me a letter which dhs isn't going to do so it's it's crazy it is it is it is look this is i'm going to show you what justice clarence thomas said hold on let me play it quickly write your questions hold you on. can do so on the card and, and i see you've been on you for years i'm going to fast forward here we go here's the question um, I think um, one of the difficulties that you all are going to have to deal with is judges going beyond what Article 3 uh, requires and staying within the limitations on judges. There's always a temptation, I think, to go beyond. Uh, we see it with the development of substantive due process. Justice Scalia railed about it. Um, and I think that when we do that and we begin to venture into uh, political, uh, the legislative or executive branch lanes and resolving things that are better left to those branches where people actually have some input and some uh, uh, opportunity to participate in the elective electoral processes to who those leaders are. Those of us, particularly in the federal judiciary with lifetime appointments, are asking for trouble. Uh, I think a lot of the pressure uh, the, that on, on the nomination and selection process is because of that. I think the court was, was thought to be the least dangerous branch, and we may have uh, become the most dangerous. And I think. See what he said? Yes. He said it himself on Constitution Day at Duke. Or was it Notre Dame? Notre Dame. He said that on Constitution Day at mm -hmm. Notre Dame. Like that's 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 big, right? And nobody talked about it, of course, right? Yeah, that is big. He and he's so wise. You know, it's here it is. I would have said the difference is some of us, those of us who believe in the Constitution, think of ourselves as in a cooperative game with others. Uh, other citizens. Yeah, I don't got our, my policy preferences. You have yours. Everyone has his or her own. We're in a cooperative game to, to mold and select the policies that are what we collectively 
you know, that's the, that will do the best. And that, you know, it's, that's the, it's not a, it's not, I think that the people that are about whom he is speaking are people who really are comfortable subverting the system because it's all like just a certain, say again. Like Amy Totenberg, who's been sitting on this and could have avoided all this hardship. Does she think that Democrats don't feel like they lost their voice in these elections too? You know, she, what do you ma imagine if the, if Trump had won, do you think, how long do you, would it have been? Do you think she'd have released the report that said, oh, you can't. Almost immediately. Almost immediately. Yeah. Almost immediately. And that's what, you know, that's what counts. The state judiciaries are totally, state and federal, frankly. One of the things I've learned in the last year that, that added on to my previous knowledge, I did not, the one thing I didn't realize is how politicized the judiciary is, but it really is. Not everywhere, but like 70% are politicized. Well, you know, um, a couple of years ago, when, when I actually started the show, I said, our nation can survive a corrupt executive branch. Our nation can survive a corrupt legislative branch. But if the judicial branch is tainted, we're fucked. That's yeah. exactly what I've been saying. And this is all going to come down to, you know, Chief Justice now. You know, a lot is coming out. Chief what Justice. I said. Well, yeah. well, because he was in on that phone call at the beginning of January. Which phone yeah. call? Well, where Barack Obama and all of them kind of sat down to see how they can delay the inauguration based on their stupid Russia hoax. You know, they didn't do things without any counsel. I did, I, how do you know he was on that call? I mean, now it's coming out. So he was in on it. I mean, he was, he was on that call. And it's coming out now. You know, I mentioned that in 2018, mentioned it in 2019. Send me any links you got. It. It. It, it rings yeah. a bell. Send me any links. About yeah. It. Well, now they're starting to talk about it. How, you know, they discussed all these things, how they planned about getting General Flynn, right? Because they needed to tie something with Russia, right? Uh, you know, they had gone to London in November and December of 2016, right? They were unmasking General Flynn from before. I mean, there's nothing to unmask, but you know, when you're, when you're sitting there and you're pulling information and getting taps and, and, and searching for things, that's a big deal, right? So, you know, let's just say I was a fly on a wall. They were having those conversations and this is where it's going to come down to it. I mean, now I, I think the Supreme Court is going to be packed with lawsuits from elections to mandates you know, and the thing is, we need to see how they're going to handle them now. The smartest uh, thing they can do is order an election, a quick election. How quickly do you think? When the most important thing is the House. Every House seat should have an election and the presidential seat. Just a quick emergency election. No, everything. Yeah, it's going to be special elections in 2022. We yeah, gotta but, but you're talking, you talk about November. We don't want to wait to November. We're When this stuff. Look, SCOTUS isn't going to happen until February, right? The way things are. We got the holidays coming around. No, right? no, not with an emergency order. They could well, do the emergency order won't be given until March. And then you have 90 days. And then Congress goes into recess or whatever. And 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 and. And that's gonna buy them time and they're gonna allow it to happen because they have to be fair. And I'm using air quotes, you can't see me. So I this is what my it's this the is Supreme Court. Right, but uh, this is what my prediction would be. Uh, what do you that, think? What do you think the chance? That, well, isn't there a possibility that the Supreme Court takes this? It's a different political climate, for one thing, much more than it was in last December. Much more facts are known about 
the fraud, the the heist are known, and uh, and there may be more. Last time he only filed it with one or two AGs on it. Nineteen ultimately joined in one way or another, a friend or amicus or cosigned. But uh, this case, I I would imagine it might be different than that. We have, there's far more data in the case. It's a different political climate, and I think that they will. I think that they will get. Uh, they had Alito and, of course, Justice Thomas. I bet they get at least two more people who will take the. Uh, and then once everything is presented, uh, it will be the clerk. So those people are stonewalling everything. Um, you know, with COVID as an excuse, they do a lot of that. But I'm just saying, like realistically speaking, right? Because of the way they operate and Don't how. Do you think they would take an emergency basis like they did the? They uh, will because it's the holidays, right? They won't have a hearing until you know they open up after the holidays, and then they'll set the time, and then they'll have you know objections, and then there'll be delays. And I'm uh, you know around February we're going to have some kind of outcome, and they're going to say, okay, we're going to have this. There's going to be an appeal. There's going to be attempts. There's going to be not from a Supreme Court. Appeal. No, no, but I'm saying for other things. So there's going to be st they're going to stymie. I think they solve a lot of problems if what they do is they just force an election in 90 days. They take the case, say this has been so meshigous, so much. Ideally, ideally we, we have one in 90 days. We want the damn National Guard to run it. Take the National Guard from Tennessee and move them to Wyoming. Take the National Guard of Wyoming and move it to. Uh, you know, Arizona, and just mix it all up, and they run an election. And you do it in sixty days, and voter ID. I mean, yep. what we have shown is acrylic ballot boxes, pencil and paper, and we're done. And yeah. cameras watching us count, kind of like the article I put out in twenty nineteen, where I literally mapped it out too. Here's where they'll sit for COVID and get their pencils. Here's where they'll go fill it out. It's almost as if I knew. But you know, ideally, it would be around March fourth, right? The, the 90 election. days, yes, the election, yes. as we used to uh, in the past. I'm just saying on the safe end that we'd have, I know that we're having a special election in 2022. The thing is, will we have it originally like March 4th or will we have it where they delay it and they appease people and say, we can't pull this national security. We're in these agreements and all this bullshit. No, no, no. The Drag Supreme it. Court understands the Supreme Court blew it. Twice we have almost lost the republic because of the Supreme Court. Once was the Dred Scott decision, which made the Civil War inevitable. Secondly, the I should do a video on that. Secondly, the when they bent a knee to Roosevelt's court packing scheme. This is third strike. Third strike, and we're out. If the Supreme right. Court leaves the bat on their shoulder, or if they swing and miss, there's and their way of hitting connecting is say you know what they don't rush Roberts doesn't want to be political anything you do now Roberts is political other than other than an election that's clean all you've got to order is a clean election and the people are deciding the politicians and then they're going to decide what what happens that's the way forward the only way forward from here the, no um, I completely agree I mean last year it should have been done we should have had SCOTUS take it control if it would have went the right way end of february there would have been a debacle and then we would have had elections in march now it's been set back a year because you know humans are humans and you know we you know there's mistakes that happen and whatever 
I'm saying 2022, I knew there was going to be special elections because it's going to be around that time in February. And if they actually do uh, give that order for the 90 days, I mean, we can expect it, what, like December, January, February, so then March 4th would be the ideal date just to uphold uh, the custom of when we used to have elections, which was back then, you know, we used to have them in March. They just changed them. When was that? Like eighteen seventy ish? That was yeah. That was with the second, um, right after Lincoln. Yeah. Right after Lincoln. That's also what said January sixth is the and kind of the same climate too, right? There was a civil war then. We're having a civilized civil war now, and it's pretty much the fourth unelected branch of government, the people, and then there's the straggler people that are like, wait a minute, who do we identify with now? Because it's just, I mean, even the Democrats can't even deal with what's going on right now. What do you mean? Tell me more. Because I don't know. I can't. I, think, I don't know if they realize they're playing with fire. I, you know, okay. So I go to East Cleveland all the time, right? And I'm in those neighborhoods that normally. As a, as yeah. a Yankee, what's East Cleveland mean? I know. I know, right? I used to hang out like in the weirdest projects in New York. It's no big deal. Oh, but, so it's a projects kind of place? Right. So I go down there. To, to get ask, is it like what, immigrants or uh, no 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 this is like the most impoverished neighborhood yeah I actually was poll watching in the most in the places where people get shot every day okay um and I go there and I have conversations with people so that way I can get information Copy. and I want to get a feel of things you know because what you do Tori yeah I know but yeah that's what I do I start conversations really good ones too and so I communicate with them just to find out where they're at. Do you know that the majority of all black Americans are not getting vaccinated because they're. Oh, t- yeah. The lowest is 30 percent, I think. They are like, I wish I had Trump. And well, I, I remember their Tuskegee experiments. Yes. I remember. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You. Oh, gosh. I have not shown you this. They're um, the least vaccinated uh, group in America. And I totally understand. And, and I'm. I understand. Okay, so I'm going to show you something because I used this when Did I you... went to PLM in New York to get them to work with us. Yeah. I'm going to show you the segment. So I've got like three of these. I got two of these videos, a long version and a short version, right, on my YouTube channel. So hold on. Let me see if you can see it. So I've got my YouTube channel here. You'll see it's um, Black Lives Matter and then Eugenics, E-U-Gen Inks. So that's the long one. Check this out. I want you to watch this for a second. This is so cool. Chicago's deaths have been among black Chicagoans. I stood before you and talked about the fact that black folks were dying at seven times the rate of any other demographic. Of course, African-Americans are being disproportionately affected by COVID-19, and D.C. is no exception. Blacks represent two times the cases of any other demographic. There are 79% of the 285 deaths in Washington, D.C. This virus affects black people. It hits us more harshly. Corbett said, also said that Moderna slowed down their enrollment in order to get more black people to enroll. They were only at 6% enrollment in a study and they stopped it and got it up to 10%, still not representative of the 14% of the population. Our COVID-19 coverage continues now with a closer look at the vaccines and why black people should trust them. Connecticut, for instance, I think it was quoted that 8% of individuals who are white who test, they test positive. Over 30% of individuals who are black are testing positive. They're knocking on hundreds of doors to build trust in getting the COVID-19 vaccine. The key to NYC pass will be a first in the nation approach. It will require 
vaccination. In the pseudoscience of eugenics, more than 30 states passed laws allowing for the forced sterilization of so-called detectives. And took my child, and when they did that, they sterilized me. What do you think I'm worth? State officials declared Riddick feeble-minded and unfit to have children. The population question is a great concern today. Do you feel that birth control is essential to keep millions of people across the world from starving? Well, I think the birth control will keep the population uh, more or less static until you pick up your resources. The goal was to rid society of certain undesirable traits. Main reason is because I was poor and out and black. So now they're going to say, because control of virus is racist, it risks black people from going to the polls, right? So even if they do uh, simply, you know, say, hey, you're wearing a mask, you should be fine. Apparently, black people are more prone. You know what makes me wonder? So we know that the elderly uh, die really easy from anything, right? Right. But what if the Democrats are actually killing black people to get numbers? Like, what if they're going after black Americans? I mean, do you doubt that? But see, nobody seems to remember history. Democrats are the racists. And so them purporting and saying that we're racist is just deflection. They, um, you know, make you think like the other side is the bad guy. So eugenicists in California sent this book to the Nazis. Yes, they did. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Patrick, that was the video that I shared. Well, I shared the long one, which is 27 minutes long, where I go into how Kamala Harris was refusing to pay reparations to black Americans in California that were sterilized through a vaccination program because black Americans were considered feeble-minded. And so they all raved, and this is how we got BLM to work with MAGA in New York. Wow. So I did right that in the summer. You, you did what? I did that video in the summer um, and started to prime the ground to get into their groups with my alt persona in their chat groups. So, you know, obviously I'm from New York, so it's a lot easier for me to facilitate communications and tap people that I know there um, to, to get that done because New York is, is gone. You know, the way things are, it's like you're in you know, Hitler times, like there's brown shirts everywhere and they're demanding your papers at every door you go. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. And the majority of them are not doing it. And it's important that we all find that common ground because, you know, I've been struggling, you know, that audio that you were listening to was from 2020, right? Not 2021, 2020. Wow. Educating. Time my traveling Tory. Yeah, there you go. Cause I told them that Trump is going to win by a landslide, but the person that's going to tell you who wins is the media. I said that shh, like a couple months after COVID hit, you could see the, you could see it happening. And that's why, um, Boy, I wish I'd known you then. Yeah. Well, you, you did, but you didn't, right. <laughs> you know, but the, but the thing is, you know, it's, it's really important that we bring both sides together. The election fraud is a big deal. Right. Um, it's not just the president and senators, it's school boards, council members, you know, um, that's a new thing that I'm attempting, you know, to have conversations with the left, which is you're having racist people run you because you're not voting. They're stealing your votes. You know, it's t I, I love where you're going with this. Yeah. The nothing scares it, the idea of a joint, le let's say, left and right 
Although I don't think of that as left and right. To be honest, let me stipulate something because I know I do criticize Antifa. And sometimes I've lumped BLM in, but I've tried to be clear. I think that I it's time our nation has a new conversation about race. I read the BLM stuff. I'm about I score myself about a 38% on the BLM ideological purity test. But it's a it's a real issue that it is these I uh, so anyway, I uh I think that what has to scare them more than anything is a is a hookup of the MAGA and the and BLM. Uh, and and you were behind that. What happened in New York? You oh, of course that I'm from New York, right? You think I don't have my connects in Brooklyn and Queens? I went to Greek school in Queens. I got the I got the connect there. Bienjoué, the French would say, well played. Yeah, Bienjoué, well, Mademoiselle. Well, the merci. Uh, the the thing though that we need to look at is, you know, over the years I've been educating people to understand how the CDC and the NIH distribute cohorts for medications. Mm -hmm. So uh, how people are starting to see it because I was trying to explain to them that when they did regular flu vaccines, they would find the poorest neighborhoods to give the most garbage to. And now people that have listened to my show, I saw a couple of TikToks from people that said, I don't know where I found this woman with red lipstick, right? But I went to a clinic where it's like white and rich and went to go get the Pfizer vaccine and they wouldn't give it to me because I am not on their cohort. And I've been explaining how everything, you know, Obamacare, what it did, because I worked on that on the language portion, right? On those paragraphs where reaching out to non-English speakers, including ASL, I helped craft that. Mm. So, you know, I knew every little facet of it and I've been talking about it for years. So there's podcasts from 2018, 2017 even, and before where I've been talking just about that, that they're segregating the people in regards to what medications you're taking. And Obamacare not only targets you for vaccinations in your community, like if you go to a free clinic or a boozy, you know, healthcare place, but they also target you with your pills. So, um, People that go to like Rite Aid or CVS in good areas and they're registered there and they live in that area and they're from that zip code, they get better medications. And this is all mapped out in Obamacare. And it does, doesn't surprise me. I just saw something, I think it was this morning, I may have picked it off your channel and I rebroadcast it, that, uh, that it turns out they've been taking orphan kids. Uh, Fauci was behind a program for years taking orphan kids uh, in New York and doing, giving them basically, you know, the early phases of drug trials for pharmaceutical companies. So, let, me, let me tell you about Fauci. He's done that to pregnant women too. That's crazy. So there's no informed consent because these yeah. are infants and they don't have a parent who can speak for them. So they're, so it's some institution, some corporation has given its inform who, you know, it's like the Truman Show. It's the Truman Show. These kids have had a corporate parent who signed away certain rights so they could have experiments done on them. It's freaking crazy. It's insane. This is <laughs> But you know what? You know what else is insane? Want to blow your mind? So back in the beginning of 2021, I told everyone PETA is going to call for Fauci's resignation. Now, at that time, I was talking about the ANABF, the new Wuhan lab in Kansas. So everyone just assumed I was talking about that. I was talking about the doggy farms. 
but it was time because see if i put things out i'm so people hate me but they'll love me later but they hate me now so anything i put out people won't copy so instead i just filter it and filter it and give them the information through anonymous channels so it goes through other channels because i've been there that's how i was on wall street 12 years ago listen tell me how uh how tell me about your universe tell me about tory world yeah, last I heard you were up to 600 chapters, about half domestically, half global. Where, where, where are you now? We're, we're climbing. We're making, I just DM'd you on, on uh, Telegram so you can watch an 11-minute video that Ohio did. Every state's doing these where they're showing their year in reverse, right, of what they've done. And something that I, that I, that I came to realize, and I had to thank every single person, is everything that's in the news now, Patrick, is because of these people. Like everything they've done, the letters, the demands, the school boards, the lawsuits, the the, the sticker brigade. I mean, we're I'm, I'm sure you've seen the stickers when you go get gas, right? They've done everything. Everything that's in the news is because of the people. And this is what they're doing. They have expanded completely. Um, and they've got a few more tricks up their sleeves from what I gather. Um, oh, you dropped off. I see you. I can see your camera. Hold on. Let me see. I can see your camera. Okay. Patrick popped off accidentally. There we go. There we go. I got you. I got you back on Patrick. Hold on. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Are you there, Patrick? No, I don't. He keeps popping off. It keeps dropping. It's been doing it throughout the whole show. Um, but so anyway, as I was as I was saying to Patrick, you guys have been doing almost everything. And um I think all of America owes you guys a lot. And we have a lot to do. So if Patrick comes back on, that's great. If not, I'm gonna give you guys a little story. And this is based on true true facts. Are you guys ready? So dark to light, I dropped a little bit of information and we'll delve into it later, but I want to tell you, I, um, oh, Patrick's back on. So Patrick, while you were away, um, while you were away, I was, I was going to jump over to something that, um, now is now stamped and sealed. I think I shared it with you. Um, so as I was going through the Hunter Biden laptop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my team and I had, um, back in 2018 located where, you know, Hunter had lost some items and his pimp is easily accessible. So, uh, you know, he likes hookers, right? Just like any tormented soul does. And, um, a hooker whispered in his ear around new years in 2019. And we found all the texts that validate this. Where yeah, he she whispered in his ear, what did she, I, cause I think I saw this. She was somewhere. telling him, well, you know, I, I basically told her to, to explain to him how he's being used and he's under conservatorship and how, you know, everything that's being done is, you know, Bo, you know, was the prize possession and Bo was trying to meet Joe Biden's expectation while Hunter was running front for everything. And it's not fair and it's not this. And so we, you know, he was being talked to about conservatorship. He expressed that in his text. 
what's, conser in, what's conservatorship mean in this case? That who well, would be his? His conservator would be his father. He owned him. Hunter couldn't do anything unless his father approved and if he was making money. So he was the front. He actually sent texts to his daughters that I've read where he's like, I'm really sorry, but I'm not doing this anymore. I keep doing this for so many years. This is 2019 after our hooker had had him for like three days holed up somewhere, you know, and they were having- Oh, and she whispered in his ear and taught him who he really was? Well, no, him, I told her, just inspire him to do the right thing and break the chains. Now, look, a lot of people have given me crap because I sympathize with him in a way. Because, no, of course you should. You know, of course how you can't should. you? I mean, he was brought up in an environment of toxic levels, right? Uh, which yeah. everything was a facade. Nothing was real. He had everything he wanted. So nothing could satisfy him. This is why the kids have like a ton of videos of just poop. They have coprophilia, which is, you know, that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing, you know? And I you know can, what it is. The yeah. kid, is there any evidence he has that? Come on. Oh my gosh. No. I yes. Want to hear yes. It. We do. We have thousands gonna... of videos. You should have seen Gary. Yeah. But anyway, He's really, he's really tormented. And so all I needed that nice okay. her to do was tell him that he can break the chains and release himself. And so he did. And he colluded with Ashley. So if you notice, Ashley's diary started just as she was having conversations with Hunter in 2019. And she started to write things. And one of her regrets in, his, in her text with him was that she didn't stand up for him. So right before he dropped off the laptop in March, right, she sent him a text. Are you ready? Are you going to go through with it? And he did Ooh. it. And then months later, she forgets her diary where she tells the whole world everything. So now imagine being Ashley Biden and Hunter Biden. Hunter's now under the guise of some South African, you know, woman who was just placed in his life. And apparently they had a baby. You don't see him. Right. And Ashley was like. She I don't know anything about that. Too. I don't. I don't follow the Hunter Biden stuff. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, word. two kids. Right. Ashley was so resentful of her mother. Like the text between her and Hunter, my heart goes out to both of them, regardless of the atrocious thing that I've seen they've done on the laptop. Right? You can't. You know, it's like it's like blaming. Uh, you know, planting seeds for daffodils, and you're giving it poison, and it turns out to be a monster. If you're watering something with poison, how can you expect it to come out beautiful? And this is what happened to them. And now this is unfolding because I saw that the FBI raided, you know, Project Veritas because they had the diary. And I think they want to find out who was the one that gave it to them because the how it turned up is still unknown. Don't they say to somebody that she left it behind in a room and the next guest? That's what they up? said. But I'm telling you, she sorted, she planned that. Well, that may be. She planned. There's communication between them. They planned it. They both wanted to break those chains. They wanted to be free of this. And she felt guilty in all her texts. Like the day before he dropped off the laptop, she said, are you ready to get on with this? Really? And, you know, yeah, they were having communications right before. Like, you know, we've been deep diving on this, like, you know, trying to understand them more um, to see that, you know, you have to get into their shoes to understand what they were thinking. And I think that's the problem that reporters just want to report and they're not getting into it, you know, to understand it. And Rudy Giuliani was the one that was like, this text is very important. You know, he pointed that out to me last year 
this text is very important, Tori, where he's like, I'm, I keep paying for everything. They take 50%. And I was like, you know, if he's saying it, you know, he's been around the block. It's definitely something. So we've just been, you know, trying to figure out the whole story behind that. And that's what's kind of unfolding right now that the, the two siblings work together because they wanted to be free, not because they wanted to save America, because they wanted to get away from this prison that they're in. Even her husband that makes her feel happy, she still, she still even in her diary says, she feels like it's a prison. So it's, um, it's so messed up. And I showed my audience a video where all the girls were talking and they were all looking to Ashley for approval. I mean, this is it. They, you know, started you know, they just said, forget it. I'm out. And this is why the Britney Spears stuff is so important because conservatorship has like so many different faces, Patrick. There's the people that are committed, the people that are forced committed so they can be exploited. And then there's family members. You can still be a prisoner in your own family. Right? Yes. And and this is How interesting. Doing. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't get into all the lurid Hunter Biden stuff. I, I spent well, 10 minutes with the hard drive. Some like at the beginning of this a year ago and sort of got it, got my, saw all I needed to see to understand. Yeah, no, I know there was a lot of horrific stuff in there. And then the question is, my gosh, Patrick, they stole an election. They know he lost, right? They, they have so much on him. Like there's so much out there about him and everyone's pretending like his shit doesn't stink. This guy, you know, they, they, they on at the white house presser today, she was like, Oh, the president can multitask. The guy can't tie a shoe, you know, how to, he can't, he can't unitask. Right, yeah. He can't unitask. He can't, he can't do anything. And it's like he can multi, yeah. He can't do anything. Unitask. I like that. I'm going to use that. He can't unitask. Like if he walked and he bummed, he'd probably trip. You know, and, and you know and, what Oscar Wilde, Tori, you know, Oscar Wilde was once in conversation with George Bernard Shaw and he said something witty. And Shaw said, I wish I'd said that, Wilde. And Oscar Wilde said, you will have Shaw. You will have. You will have. Well, I'm going to use that. You need to ask. I like that. And you can claim credit for it. No, no, no. Yeah. I know. Oh, let me ask you a question. Totally, totally this. So did you know that mayors from major cities within the U.S. all met in Scotland to talk about climate? Mayors. You mean this? This recent thing? Yeah, the C40 thing I'm a jiggy that they're doing in Scotland. Did you know that mayors from major cities in our, one of them is Phoenix, by the way, went to Scotland to discuss climate change and what they're going to implement in their cities? Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but here's the question. Is there a problem? I'm pretty sure it's got to be somehow illegal or something. Mayors being funded by foreign governments to go and implement policies in their cities in the United States. I mean, that would be considered foreign influence, right? It's odd. There's, it right? is odd, no doubt. I'm just saying, they're like, we're committing to doing this. And it's like, dude, you're the mayor of Phoenix. What do you mean? You're committing to do what? And then the chick from Louisiana, we're committed to this. And it's like, hold on a second. Your people vote. What do you mean you're going to implement this? You know, there's a theory of law called legal realism that holds that the law is precisely and only what a judge is willing to enforce in a courtroom at the end of the day. And it's not what anything on a piece of paper says. And if these guys have so corrupted the courts and everything there's that they will not then know effectively is not against the law anymore or anything like that.
and they're just, you know, isn't it funny? Did you see that in Virginia? Uh, Terry McAuliffe sent out a video. No, no, no. It was Kamala Harris sent out a video that 300 black churches were supposed to play. African-American churches in Virginia, which you would think would be. Well, anyway, so Bishop Leon Benjamin created a video and sent it to the same 300 churches. So I expect you to play this and we'll have a. We'll have a federal election commission problem, and they did. Uh, and they did so. So anyway, what? Are you serious? Did yeah, she? they did. They did. And Ben Virginia happened last week because of a guy named Bishop Leon Benjamin. You should have him on. Your, he's he's wonderful. He, oh my he's God. a he's a pastor, strong man, vet. Uh, I mean, real strong character, and he. He had hundreds of volunteers trained up. The America Project was, put, you know, put some some money, some in to, to fund this kind of, this kind of stuff we do. And he trained hundreds of volunteers. They were out in every county. It was a kind of tour, a, a Tory says kind of program, except a little bit more formal. Hundreds of volunteers in every precinct and county going out there with video with their cell phones videotaping themselves, handing over the voting rules and to like the county recorder or county voting officials and saying, now you see here, it says you have to allow citizen observers. And this person, they got it all on video in all these precincts, all over the, all over the, in every county. And it, I, you know, I bet that that probably really cut tied the hands of the bad guy. Some. Yeah, no, all African-American. Oh, I was going to, I was going to address that earlier when we were talking about African-American, African-Americans believe in voter ID. African Americans believe in uh, they don't want they don't want loosey goosey elections. They uh, uh, I, what did I just see like seventy five percent or something were in favor of yeah and on weights it's like eighty percent but it's still you know it was like voter ID or something that we need more election integrity uh, you know so for, they nobody wants their vote stolen you were saying this earlier Democrats and well very I think about ten percent of Americans are comfortable with. A, a crooked election system that tells us, and there was even a poll that showed if you ask Americans, has enough been done to secure to make the next election secure in November 2022? But 90% say no, and 10% say yes. I think that tells us that whatever they'll tell a pollster about Biden and Trump and this, that, and the other thing in their hearts, 90% of people know, really know, the last election was crooked. Which means 100% no, and 10% just don't care. There, are, and I've met those 10%. They don't care what facts are on the table, whatever it is. They just do not care. They're okay with a crooked election tipping us into Venezuela territory. Yeah, no, they are, and they don't mind. You know, they don't mind at all. And and the thing is, this is where we need to bring the left and the right together into yep. common ground, which is you should have bodily autonomy. That's number one, right? And um, we should have fair elections. I mean, if we're asking for COVID cards, right, to go into a restaurant, that's not racist. But we're asking for an ID to go vote, and that's racist. Like, how does that even make sense? Like, you, you know, what, know, it, do, you know what? it doesn't. And uh, it, there's a there's a principle in law, not a very good principle, but it's called disparate impact. And it says if a if a law has a disparate impact on blacks and whites then it is prima facie racist. And well, I don't think that's a, a good standard because, or, you know, our, 
and you could make laws that govern the NBA, and it, you know, it just you can't t- just take anyway. Things do not distribute themselves equally uh, in nature, and it, it may be that. Uh, and and so you can't just infer things like that automatically if you're comfortable with statistics. All that said, it seems to me a perfect argument now is if they're saying people in New York um, need a vaccine card to get into a restaurant, that's a new type of Jim Crow because 20% of whites, twenty that eliminates 20% of whites, but 70% of blacks. That's a disparate, a real disparate impact. Yeah, no, they're doing it. Patrick, I was in New York a couple weeks ago. They're doing it. You can't get in. You need to show your vaccine card and an ID. So it's like, this is where, because the vaccine card's not enough. They need to make sure that it's yours. So you they have- want the economy to crash. They want the economy to crash. And they're just separating us into the obedient and the non-obedient. Right, but is that not racist? Like, how is that not racist? You're asking them for ID and COVID card. It's not just your card. You have to show your ID to show that that card's yours. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm not in the voting booth. exactly. But but just one simple ID is not enough in the voting booth. Exactly. And to go get the shot, you have to provide ID. They won't just take your name and word for it. Because two weeks, you know, going to get a shot and 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 making money off of it—that's actually something that terrifies me. Poor and poor people can go out and give somebody's name if they're not asking for ID and date of birth and get a COVID card and get extra shots just to make money. Like I'll get a thousand dollars to go get a COVID shot for you. Here's your card. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know what else I heard in New York and Brooklyn, there's like, you know, those um, Hasidic Jewish doctors and whatever. There's actually doctors that you can pay 150 bucks and you could just go get yourself a COVID card and they just dump the vaccine in, in the garbage bin. And so the police can't prove it, you know, if it's in someone or not, so they can't do anything. And that's why they're cracking down on everything because people are paying. They were selling vaccine cards on the corner. I think they were like, you want a vax card? <laughs> so now it's not, it's not cocaine on the corner, uh, you know, in Midtown. It's vax cards. They're selling them. They're literally selling them. And this well, is. Well, that's not, that's not going to work for much longer because it's all going to be QR code and, co- and computerized and such. So people should be careful about that. My suspicion is, I think it's a six month kind of class B felony or something in a lot of states. So be Yeah, well well it, it regardless what it is, right? We shouldn't have QR codes with our health information in there anyway. And again I I'm agree. Gonna- this is all a big this they're using medical medical tyranny as the thin edge of the wedge of tyranny. And this is all just a big sign You know when this started, this whole COVID thing? Right before Obamacare, do you remember how Obama said that we are now deploying a cloud system globally, the AAR system, to put every single person's medical records on file? Do you remember that? Then the excuse was that way if you're in Mexico and you're skiing and you fall and you break your leg then and you give them your ID and where you live, they can tap into your medical records so they can see if you're diabetic, if you're non-responsive and stuff like that so they can give you care. So that was step number one. Step number one was sequestering global medical care in the AER system. And then he deployed Obamacare which under HIPAA was altered to say third parties, which means auto insurance, health insurance, you know, everybody and their mother can have access to your health records because they're being put on AER systems. Now, 
you know, people think that they've been safe, but even when you travel abroad, the new systems that the, the, that they've implemented, and I know this from personal knowledge, um, in 2009, they had first deployed the system where they can tell HIV positive persons that are flying uh, between nations because they had access to their medical records. But this was really? secret so that they can see how they flux and where they go. And if it's something for alternate treatments, that also went for people that were going for alternative care. Like they found from the data that they were collecting that people from Western Europe would go to Hungary to get dental work done. Um, and they knew that from the flights of the people taking them and noticing that they were getting dental work done. So they've been collecting data and doing this for years. This is just the final seal, which is now you're going to accept it because you're going to die if you don't. So they've done a hell of a lot of work to get this going. This is why they had the whole Epic systems and then playground and testing people and doing this and the AR system. So this isn't like yesterday. It's been going oh, yeah. on been collecting data. I know this has been planned. Yeah, it's been it's been from before Obamacare. They had to have that foundation, which was Obama got everyone to permit the rest of the world, China included, to have access to your medical records as long as they're doctors. So your elect, uh, you know, electronic medical record systems are accessible globally now. Hmm. Everyone can know your business. So I the question is, no, it's not. So the question is, what if what if we decide to go through a party? at Ibiza, right? And then, you know, I, I get drunk and then you roll me into the hospital and you don't know what ailments I have, right? You give them my ID, they'll know I'm in the US and they'll tap the US system and ask for all my information because I'm a patient. Boom, it's done. How do they know that I'm actually there? All right. You know, there is a blockchain solution to all of this. It's called self-sovereign identity. It's a principle within the blockchain community that's uh -huh. in the crypto. And there's a group called Sovereign, S-O-V-R-I-N. You're talking dirty to me right now. I know. I love I'm that. Talking, yeah, they, that the practice is so. Because ultimately, your data, yeah, there, it could be also a solution to Google. Like, you can search anonymously unless Google cuts you in. Basically, the average American surfing, uh, let's say, earns $100 for Google per year. As you're surfing, they're selling you. And they're making about a hundred bucks a year off you, let's say, I forget what the actual number is, but roughly. And you could make it so look, Google, I'm anonymous. There's no way you can make money unless you agree split 50 50 with me, what you make. And that, so, anyway, there's, there's ways to solve these things with blockchain, is what I'm saying. Yeah, we can. We can make it ironclad. I mean, the, 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 chain that I've been working on is for monetary, which I wanted to make, you know, self-validating as well, could be used, but um, I just haven't had time to play with it anymore lately. But that's, that's the next step to, uh, you know, own our data. Yep. And, and that's going to be hard with meta. Listen, we're going to, well, I don't use, I've never been on Facebook. So let me know if I even have a face, a page there. I don't think I you, you have like a ton of telegrams. I'll tell you that. There's a ton of Patrick Burns running around, a ton of Rudy Giuliani's. I'm Patrick sure. M. Burn is the only one. Patrick M. <laughs> Burn <in> Telegram <laughs> and locals as well. Listen, Tori, I love you. I admire what you, you are doing with your, what you and your crowd are doing. This open source lawfare thing. Oh my gosh. Is a, uh, and, and I'm going to talk to you about, we have a couple, we were going through our list of projects and we see all kinds of ways we 
we could use your advice and uh, and, yeah. and op give an opportunity to your view. You tell me always that your listeners are looking for ways to get involved and do some things. We're we're going to be giving them ways. Yeah, and and that's the thing. We need to be more active, and people like to do that because this is how we take control back of our nation um, by fixing things and getting things. Did you know that if I get, you know what? I'm, I just wanted to tell you before you go. You know that I opened up an OnlyFans account. Did you? Yeah, and you know that's going to be so awesome because I'll probably red pill all of OnlyFans. I'll start doing videos there too. No, but you want to do locals and do that. Locals is for intellectuals. It's OnlyFans for intellectuals. You don't take off your clothes. You speak. Yeah, Go but I'm not. Locals. Look, my my thing is the only. <laughs> this is where the cabal gets undressed. Um, it would just be talk. It's just to. It's kind of like stereo. The minute then that do it on locals. Like, do it. On yeah, locals. I should. I should try it. I should try it out. But I don't think you do live streaming. Yeah, they do. It's great. They do. I'm gonna check I it out. All. I have it all, baby. But I should also do OnlyFans just to piss people off. They'll be like, "What? She's on OnlyFans." <laughs> That's just so much fun to troll. Uh, but anyway, um, I I I adore you. Hopefully, we might be in the same region next week. I think. So maybe your lips to God's ears. Yes. So um, thank you for being on. You have an open invitation. Everyone loves what you're doing. Again, I want to extend my thank yous on behalf of everyone for everything you've done for our nation. Right. I don't think, I don't know if people tell you this often enough and they should. I've had, this country has been better to me than any actual natural talent or merit would have suggested. So it seems like the least I can do. Thank you. Uh, on behalf of all of us, thank you. Um, take care of it. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Have a great evening. Take, be well, Tori. Thanks. Bye. So guys, that was kind of awesome that he came on. Um, I always love having chats with Patrick. Um, like I said, November is going to be filled with, um, lots of wins for us. And, um, you know, it's always important that we, uh, point out, uh, the people that help us. Um, on that note, I'm going to have to bid you goodbye, but I also wanted to talk a little bit salty. So I saw people were getting really salty about the GoFundMe. That just goes to show their level of, you know, whatever, or looking into things. Um, thank you for all of you that speak up. You know, I didn't put it out there. If I want something, I'll ask for it. You guys have given me more than I can even imagine. I can afford my servers, you know, just for my Twitch streams and my subscribe star, pay people and get things done. So I appreciate you. I know I work my butt off. And when people attack me like that, it really does, um, you know, it, it gets me upset. But I guess it's more upset for them right? Um, it gets me more upset for them because could you imagine being like that? Just being so not happy. I don't know. I'm not happy either, but you know what I mean? Um, on that note, I thought I would end this with, um, another song. And this song is, one that I've played before, but I urge you guys to listen to the words and watch the video if you can for those of you that are on the podcast, because it's from a while back, right? I believe it's from, hold on, two years ago. Please listen to the words. And if you can, watch the video. It's by Tom McDonald. <laughs> Yeah. 
The Illuminati knows the answers, taking bone samples to clone rappers. But the artists in prison to silence their vision, genetic copies going home after. They look different, eyes shifted, smile missing, skin lifted, it's scientific. If they can't control you, they erase the old you, get your duplication to enforce the message. They clone Gucci, clone Kodak, clone them and he ain't raps his encore, know that. Clone the rappers when they overdose to keep making money from producing more tracks. The game is a sham, turning the artists who challenge to sacrificial lambs. The labels and devils are shaking hands, creating our artists and lambs. The executions have been televised, oh, they're on TNT like a night. They take our heroes, give us weaponized clones, the revolution won't be televised. I can't be replicated, got me the attitude in the chains, but no one will ever do me the same. I can't be replicated, try to control me, then guess again. If they killed the rappers who were spitting truth, they wouldn't have a messenger to reach the youth. So they duplicate physically, implant abilities, replicate tattoos and toning facilities. Indie contracts say worldwide. Label contracts say universal. For all of time and all forms, they own all your music, your image, your name, and your person. <laughs> Weird, right? I know you don't think that is facts. But for 50,000 and a hair sample, you can clone your dog or your dying cat. It's another way for them to win the war by weaponizing important celebrities. Don't kill your foes, just clone their gods. Then you'll control all your enemies. The executions have been televised, oh, they're on TMZ like a night. They take our heroes, give us weaponized clones, the revolution won't be televised. I can't be replicated, got me the attitude in the chains, but no one will ever do me the same. I can't be replicated, try to control me, then guess again, barely lives in my DNA. You can see the difference in their face now Casualties of money in the fan Posing for the cameras with their face now I'm calling someone who they used to be. I can't be replicated. Got me the attitude in the chains, but no one will ever do me the same. I can't be replicated. Try to control me, then guess again. Barely lives in my DNA. I can't be replicated. Duplicated, imitated, fabricated, eliminated. I can't be replicated. I can't be replicated.